Hey, this is Mark A. Altman from Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And if you're a James Bond fan, you want to pick up my new book, Nobody Does It Better, The Complete Uncensored Oral History of James Bond and Spy Mania. It's a hefty tome, and it's available now wherever you purchase books, audiobooks, and digital. Check it out, and I will renew your license to kill personally. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. So you have this rebel over here, and then over here is the rogue. That's right. There's a rebel, host Jason Tobias, and the rogue is Bevan. Or is it the opposite? Is Jason Tobias the rogue and Bevan is the rebel? Well, that would answer a lot of questions. I don't know. The only way you can find out is to listen. To The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts, only on the Electric Surge Network. Hello. I am not Spock, but if I were, I would tell you to listen to the Inglorious Trexperts, in which our Trexperts talk Trek every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and live long and whatever. Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman of the 430 Movie. I'm here with Steve Melching, Darren Docterman, Ashley Miller. You know, and if you want to know what Ashley's pick out of the box is, you owe it to yourself to watch the 430 movie, live. You should see the expressions. The only way to understand the kinds of faces we're making when Ashley does Wednesday is to watch us on Electric Now. It's one thing to hear us, but you can't see the expressions on our face. You can't hear disbelief. Coming soon, our new podcast, Ashley Does Wednesday. (laughs) Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are, if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you'd never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Hello, and welcome. <laughs> What's so funny? It's I haven't even funny. started the show yet. <laughs> you know, it's just the, you know, the way you say hello. It's, it's funny. What is he? Is he a clown to you? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Here to amuse you? Hello. <laughs> I'm not starting to pad the podcast until you simmer down. <laughs> I'll turn this podcast right We need right more around. energy. Here's the energy. Energy. Hello. Places. Hello. Smiles, everyone. Smiles. Smiles. Okay, we all ready now? Yes. Can I start? No. Yes. Okay. I don't know. Can you? I can. Welcome to <laughs> punchy here. Punchy to the, in the 4.30 To the 4.30 movie. movie. Hello. This... No. No. Not hello. You don't Shh. say hello. I haven't acknowledged you yet. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 430 movie. This is Cone Brothers Week. Engage. Oh my God. <laughs> I got to introduce myself first. Then you get to talk. <laughs> hey, this is Mark A. Altman. I'm here with your favorite 430 movie host, Steve Melching. I'm ready for this beer podcast to unfold. The Jesus Rolls, Darren Docterman. Hello. And Ashley Edward Miller. Do not put a clock on my business, Altman. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. In case you hadn't guessed, we're talking about Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. C O E N. Let me tell you Cone. something. I cannot Joe stand Ethan. when people 
write their names wrong. It's not Cohn, C-O-H-E-N. It's C-O-E-N. Certainly not C-O-N-E. K-O-N-E is right out. <laughs> I, I don't. I just like. I don't like when people misspell directors' names. Which of course I probably will when we put up the, the episode <laughs> on uh, on 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 Apple Podcasts. And... Well, isn't there a famous story about the Bill Murray and the Garfield movie? It was written by was it right. Ethan Cohen? Oh right, yeah, yeah. He yeah. thought it was Ethan Cohen right. yeah. when he signed up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he realized like, oh, this isn't the Cohen brothers. <laughs> yeah. And I think it wasn't until the sequel that he realized. I thought Wes Anderson was involved with it. Uh, How about Cone Brothers? Brothers. Some of our, I mean, some of our, I think our fine pound for pound, some of our finest uh, filmmakers. Most consistent for sure. sure. I mean, when you look at it, Lady Killers notwithstanding. Yeah, I mean, they've done you know Burn After Reading. They've done a couple of movies that you know haven't really clicked, but for for the most part, these are guys who've been working consistently uh, for many years, and you never know what to expect with them. And they make a movie about every year or two, and. they're always, yeah, like you said, you never know quite what you're going to get from it. It's probably going to be funny or weird. Or weird, yeah. Or very dark. But some, yeah, or very dark. It's like the Cracker Jack box. You yeah. just don't know what you're going to get when you reach in. Yeah. But and, you're pretty sure it's going to be a cheap little toy. Okay, so maybe that's not <laughs> the best analogy. Wow. Cone Brothers Week here on the 430 movie. Um, when did you first discover the Cone Brothers? Oh, my gosh. Um Raising Arizona, I think mm. it was at '84. Well, I don't want to. That might be a pick, but uh, that was the first one of their movies I remember seeing. Yeah, I, I remember reading in Fangoria. I think it was when they were talking about Evil Dead, how these guys were working with Sam Raimi. I remember reading about Crime Wave, which was one of their really, you know, early things that that Sam Raimi godfathered. It was like, mm-hmm. and and but it wasn't until then. Um, God, it was in in in, in the '80s when my. My grandfather called me and he said, oh, I just read this review of this movie, Blood Simple, and it sounds like it'd be up your alley. You want to go see it? And we went to see it. And, of course, I just loved that movie and, uh, you know, became fans of theirs. I mean, I, I pretty much – there are very few directors now that I'll go see whatever they do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with the Coen brothers, they're like directors. I will always, you know, want to see what, what they have in the theaters. Absolutely. I mean, and, and it's not just like the writing is always really sharp. They always have a really interesting cast, and they, they always look great. I mean, you know, they're well, always look, they're very well made. Look, look who they started when their first cinematographers was Barry Sonnenfeld. Right. Then when he became a director, they started working with Roger Deakins. Yes. So it's no wonder that their you know movies look so good. Um, uh, and uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I you know working together as a team. Uh, you know, brothers. I can't imagine working with my brother. Yeah, I don't think we. <laughs> we, we I don't think we get anything done uh-huh. ever. Uh, my, my brother's great, but I just he, we we disagree about everything. I just they, uh, they write their scripts together, and mm-hmm. then one typically serves as the producer, and the other one's a director, and then they edit the movies also. Yeah. Although they do direct them. together, but they take the right. single credit for, for each of them. producing and, and directing, yeah, which yeah. is also good. But, you know, yeah. it's like you think most both of them would want the director credit, right? But yeah. they no, they they have a way that they work and they the, the way they parcel the, out the, the credit. And they use that pseudonym. Was it Roderick Jaynes? Is their pseudonym for editing? editing? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's sort of like Soderbergh, where you know, which I love and respect the fact that they don't want to slap their name all over the billing block. You know, same thing with Soderbergh, where you know his DP is a you know fictional construct because he shoots his own movies and mm-hmm. stuff because they don't want to say you know written by 
Steven Soderbergh, directed by Sherlock Steven Soderbergh, Holmes. edited by Steven Soderbergh. From the mind of Steven Soderbergh yeah. comes a Steven Soderbergh film, film directed by Steven Soderbergh. And, you know, I, I see that a lot in young filmmakers, yeah. sure. uh, like indie movies or directed video movies. We Like, they want to take every credit. And it's the, sure, it's the surest sign of an animated movie. Of, of an amateur movie. I pretty much thought it was the drawings. <laughs> of, an, of, of, of an amateur movie. Because it's like, and even on short films, like yeah, it, it's so, it, 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 it's so low rent. It's this whole idea of like, oh, edited by, directed by. Like, ooh, I worked on this aspect of it. I want to insert my name into Craft it. services yeah. by. Yeah. It's like, just take, you know, take the directed by credit if you wrote it's it, take the written by credit. that you had your hand in everything Although, if you're the director. It the would producer. be kind of awesome if somebody decided to give themselves a front card credit for cast for uh, craft services, like on a film. Just, <laughs> just, just I'd like, love to see, see that. that I would love. I would love to see that. The rise of the auteur craft services. <laughs> <laughs> Gluten free. <laughs> Mac and cheese. <laughs> we have only the very finest food. Wolfgang Puck. <laughs> Gosh. I, um, but yeah, so uh, we're going to talk about the Cone Brothers this week. And, you know, we haven't done a ton of filmmaker uh, weeks. We've done Hitchcock, we've mm-hmm. done Spielberg. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of a rarefied group where we felt they warranted. Um, Warranted their own week. We have enough of a sure. film filmography to really, you know, give us a lot to choose from. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this one does. I'm curious to see because you know, I think that, you know, obviously the amount of downloads uh, varies based on the subjects. Mm-hmm. So the more commercial stuff, like the, the sci-fi weeks tend to do extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, the horror weeks did very well. You know, I was very pleasantly surprised that our um uh, um, Hollywood films, but oh, movies films about Hollywood, Hollywood did very well. You know, Guilty Pleasures was a big success for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how Coen Brothers does. Um, if this is something people are interested in, or or, or not. is it like their 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 films <laughs> that are you know an acquired taste, acquired taste, and they have a certain level of success, and occasionally and one more. pops up. The episode yeah. will be nominated for several awards. Everybody will claim to have listened to it, <laughs> but the numbers <laughs> won't really back that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 this is my favorite uh, podcast. Ultimately, it will become a cult classic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you know, Nicholas Cage. Is you could say you listen to, to it when. <laughs> I always like Coen Brothers Week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, Steve, we're going to start with you uh, on yes. Monday, as we always do, uh, for uh, our fantasy theme week devoted to the Coen Brothers. And this could be a movie they wrote. It could be a movie they directed. A movie that they're Produce so because the Cone Brothers also are um, uh, do a lot of writing on other movies. Uh, yeah. They famously, um, Angelina Jolie had them do uh, Unbroken for her, which was right. her directorial debut. Um, they did a ton of work on Bridge of Spies, yeah. Um, and you recognize their distinctive writing uh, specifically in the scene in which um, uh, um, the family is trotted out, which isn't the family, which are all. You know, KGB or Stasi, uh, um, and it's just it's, it has that cone sense of whimsy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very clear. So um, okay, and then that great last line where he says, uh, "Oh, you didn't bring a coat. You shouldn't have." You know, <laughs> where they knew everything that had happened to him uh, on his way into East Germany. So uh, okay, so let, let's start with you on Monday, Steve Melching. Well, I'm going to go with uh, a movie that. Um 
was not one of my favorite Coen Brothers movies when mm. I saw it, um, but has since become one of my very favorites, if not my favorite of their filmography. And I, I think it's a movie that a lot of Coen Brothers fans didn't dismiss or didn't get when it came out mm. either, but also will rank it highly now. And this is a movie that came out in the, it was their first movie they did after Fargo. And I loved Fargo, absolutely loved it. And I, and I loved uh, uh, Raising Arizona as well and Miller's Crossing, but and we'll maybe talk about those later, I'm sure. But um, when we were talking about, you never quite know what to expect from them. What When this film came out, it was very different from Fargo. So I, I was going in expecting this great sort of bleak, drama with with some weirdness and humor to it and instead you get this this weird Raymond Chandler-esque comedy that is has all this strange humor in it and I was so excited to see this movie that my my writing partner at the time was working on a production right down the hall from their production offices on The Lot the uh, mm-hmm. the old uh, Lot studio there and they on Santa he, Monica and Santa Lebrea. Monica and La Brea yeah, yeah. yeah. And, Warner uh, Hollywood. Warner Hollywood, called. yeah, where Star Wars was mixed, Correct. as I recall, the original. Um, and he got a hold of the script. And, I, I, you know, I'm talking about The Big Lebowski. I'll just get it out there. So he, Damn you. He, is that your pick? Sorry. It was. <laughs> not, <laughs> not anymore. anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Don't you think I know that? Um, but it, so he I get, called he, him. I told him not to pick The Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> he got me a copy of the screenplay, and I was so excited because I loved Fargo so much and I read the, I devoured the script and I did not get it mm-hmm. I will I will not be ashamed to admit mm. I did not get what the hell they were doing in this thing and so I returned the script I wish I still had it but I'm sure it's floating around out there um, I'd love to read it again but looking out for the rest of us yeah, yes <laughs> so the movie comes out and of course you know I went to see it opening weekend and again I didn't get it like I a lot of people it, didn't but I was like, eh, it's not blowing my skirt up the way Fargo did. And you were then, wearing a skirt? Yeah. <laughs> or a kilt. Okay. Blew my kilt up. Um, and then, you know, a year or two later, whatever, it comes out on disc, and I bought the DVD and watched it again, and then I got it. And now I, it's a movie that I revisit at least once a year. I absolutely adore it, and it's certainly developed a very robust following. It's It's probably their most beloved film, I would say. Well, Mainstream. they don't have conventions for uh, uh, any of their for other Fargo movies. For Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> Lebowski Fest happens every every year here you in LA. You guys going to go to the Barton Fink convention? Or? <laughs> I live the Barton Fink <laughs> convention. Yeah, life is the Barton Fink convention <laughs> feeling. Uh, you know, I, I used to go bowling in that bowling alley, the Hollywood Star Lanes mm-hmm. that's gone now, sadly. And it was a dump, let me tell yes. you, even even in the wake of, uh, of Lebowski. A lot of the art direction was still up, but the bowling balls all had big chips in them and, you know, big pieces misbroken out of them. And uh, it was just kind of a seedy a seedy place, but because you're a nihilist, yeah, it's a nihilist. <laughs> but, Nothing I to be mean, afraid of. You know, uh, again, it had this cinematography by the great Roger Deakins. Um, it had Carter Burwell's terrific yeah. score. Terrific score. Uh, and you have Jeff Bridges, American Treasure. Jeff Bridges <laughs> in one of his most iconic roles as the dude. Uh, uh, you've got John Goodman. Uh, you got Steve Buscemi, Julianne Moore, John Turturro, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, just this wonderful cast of strange characters going through this Chandler-esque, uh, hopelessly 
complicated plot that's right. ultimately completely unimportant. Right. <laughs> Has anyone seen the Jesus Rolls yet? No, no yet. I heard because it's it just came out, and it's uh, John Turturro mm-hmm. playing the Jesus character from, and the Combras had nothing to do with it, yeah. basically, mm. other than uh, basically John Turturro came to them with this idea, and they blessed it. They said, you know. Go with God. So and, they blessed Jesus. And, and they blessed Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, man. And, uh, and, and they, he made the Jesus roles, which is, you know, you, you, that, that character from, from right. them. But uh, no, I haven't seen it. Jesus. <laughs> well, in a, the ass, man. He's a pedra. I believe, correct me if I'm mistaken, but does this movie have the greatest F word per minute ratio of any Ab- movie? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's what happens when you. And a stranger a, in find the a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. I mean, this is one of the most. All the Coen Brothers movies are quotable. I'm sure we'll get to plenty more of their sure. quotes. They they all have terrific lines, and Lebowski has a very high density of mm-hmm. uh, of quotable, memorable lines. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, I, I it was actually written before Fargo. But uh, John Goodman uh, and uh, Jeff Bridges weren't available at that time, so they made Fargo first and then made this movie. And that was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Didn't win, but... Yeah, so I, I've not been to a Lebowski Fest, have you? I have not. I have not. So no. you were going to pick it, Darren. Did you want to, please... No, no. Share you, your thoughts. You said enough. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, I just love the characters in it. I think, uh, you know, John Goodman as... Um, you know this blustery uh, character that Vietnam is Vietnam vet. Yeah, is who is basically John Milius. Yes. Yeah. They mm-hmm. they wrote it to be John Milius. Mm-hmm. He looks like John Milius. He, yeah. in the movie a, a little the bit. Yeah, and... but it's just so it's there's just so many layers of stuff going on that you have to parse out later. Yeah, that's why it's one of those it's slow burns. I yeah. think most people that I've talked to, it takes more than one viewing to really. Sort of grok well, what's it's going worth on. Noting, in this thing. I mean, it was released, I think, by USA Films back. Uh, it, it was not a successful movie at right. all. It yeah. did not do well at the yep. time. In fact, I didn't even see it theatrically. I saw it on Laserdisc for it, the first it, time. It grossed forty-seven million dollars in nineteen ninety-eight worldwide. Yeah, on a fifteen million dollar budget. That, their budgets are generally quite small, so it, I don't think it was a failure financially. Yeah, maybe it was. I don't it know. It kind of was. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. with P and A, that's yeah, not. That's yeah. true. And it was it was a little more expensive too for them, you know, yeah. because they had been working. You know, Blood Simple was not a lot of money. Most of their movies were not very right. expensive. Um, and after Fargo, the expectations were very high because that had been such a huge success for MGM. Um, and uh, Big Lebowski comes out. People didn't know what to make of it. Yeah. Yeah. But like you, I watched it on, um, like I said, Laserdisc for the first time, and I just loved it immediately mm. because well, you were more of a noir fan. Well, that's the thing, and I but I don't like stoner comedies. Yeah. I don't find them funny. I don't find people laughing at themselves funny. You know, so I'm not a big fan of stoner comedies. But the thing is, it's not it, really. But it's a not. Stoner. But yeah. that's why I love it. It's not. <laughs> it's 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 super. It, it's the big sleep yeah. with this. You know, instead of Philip Marlowe, it's just the dude, and uh, <laughs> and and that's what's so delightful about it. Sometimes um, there's a guy who's the right guy for his time and place. And then, you know, he's you, a good man and thorough. And thorough. And, thorough. and and you know, just the the the, the, the characters. It's like David Hiddleston, Huddleston, Huddleston. Yes. as 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 the other Le, the other Lebowski, the big, the big Lebowski, Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, he's great. Yeah, and you know, yeah. his most memorable role was the Santa Claus in Santa Claus the movie. Right. Um, <laughs> 
And yeah, that's true. And uh, and strong men also also cry. cry. (laughs) Strong men. My favorite throwaway line is uh, Jeff Bridges. He says. I'm just gonna go find an ATM. <laughs> you have, you know, you have John Polito oh, in a John, small role, John wonderful, Polito, so great. who I always have loved. I always loved Polito. Um, Julianne Moore is fantastic. Yep. Yeah, she is. Um, we got a cameo by Amy Mann as one of the nihilists. Yeah, the nihilists. The sing- singer Amy Mann. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Who, who uh, gives up her toe for the part of the scheme? Right. I, I can get you a toe. I can get you a toe, dude. <laughs> It's, Give me a half I, hour. I'll bring it. I'll, I'll get you toe right now. When Walter Subcheck starts to interrogate the kid, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just so my, great. That's, see, that's my favorite line. <laughs> when they go to find the, and that's a lot of these are based on true stories mm. that mm. they that uh, um, that the Cohen brothers heard from friends and acquaintances from them. So that whole story with the kid, the car getting stolen, mm-hmm. and them tracking it through homework really happened. And it became part of this movie. And that line when they walk into the kid's house and it's the the writer of Branded who wrote the bulk of the series. And he's in an iron lung. And and Walter Sobchak is like, and a very good evening to you, sir. And the housekeeper's like, he's like, oh, is he he working on anything now? Oh, no, he has health problems. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't. Honestly, I... You don't get it, do you? No, I. <laughs> I can't relate to not relating to this movie. Like, like this, like these. This is revelatory to me because I went to see that movie. Like, I, I was just. I the trailer just had me in line. I loved it, dude. Dude, I went to see <laughs> that movie so many times. I think I probably accounted for half of the domestic box office take. I was just completely in love. Now, like Mark, I also love noir, um, and I've got a fairly weird sense of humor and like I, I guess I didn't have any um, any I didn't have any expectations going in as to what I thought it should be yeah. or would be even though I loved Fargo as well it was just I'm gonna go see this movie and I just I loved every frame of it and I think it is Sam Elliott's second oh, best performance oh second God. only to his performance in Roadhouse <laughs> the dude abides the dude abides oh and my God. you can have some comfort in that so much yeah, the dude is out there. Yeah, it was talking about Walter Sobchak and Mil- and uh, and Millions. John Millions. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff, but uh, his costume design looked exactly like the way our friend Jeff Goldsmith used to dress. Oh, at he the time. is Walter Sobchak with the the glasses, the brush cut, yeah. the beard, the the photographer's vest. Oh, totally, the cargo shorts, the most inappropriate boots. things at the most inappropriate time. Exactly <laughs> like our friend Jeff. Sorry, Jeff, but you did kind of look like Walter in, at back in the day. Uh, you know what? Uh, that was also a movie that rewarded. Um, not living in Los Angeles and then moving mm. to Los Angeles because certain things suddenly became funnier, mm. right? Yeah. Like it wasn't until I moved to Los Angeles that I found like a Ralph's card is not a <laughs> form of identification, <laughs> like completely hilarious. That's and I loved how Los Angeles is kind of a character. Absolutely, it's yep. so baked in. It's such a part of Los Angeles. Los Angeles. <laughs> it's such a part of the, the of the movie itself. Yeah. The experience. It's of the a movie. character. Yeah. But that is again true to classic noir, yeah. where yeah. L.A. is a character, yeah. right. and that's why this is so focused. You know, as a Chandler esque mystery, but with this bizarre ensemble of characters. Yeah. Because even when he goes to uh, the the porn producer's house, mm-hmm. you know that is such. Um, that feels like a classic noir staple. I mean, right. you could have found in the Big Sleep, you know, or, or Gasmo. Big... 
Yeah, or in your Cosmo. Yes. And, so, it, and it's like, like the noir, you're not only moving through the city, you're moving through the different sort of social layers, layers yep. from the, the scum of the earth to the wealthy. You know? yeah. Right, right, from the streets to the, the, the quarters high, of power. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then just the weird touches, like his uh, his landlord, who's doing his one man doing his cycle. show cycle, dance cycle. It's yeah. so weird. Yeah. I wonder if he could give me notes. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll be there, man. But you know, it, it's such a brilliant performance because you know Jeff Bridges is just so note perfect yeah. in that role, and uh, he's completely befuddled, you know, by the whole thing. And it's really Tara Reid's best, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, outside uh, of Josie and the Pussycats, well, of course, yeah. that goes without saying. <laughs> uh, but it's a great movie and it's a fun movie and like a lot of these movies it got discovered late mm-hmm. yeah. but now it, you know i think it's so beloved it's a classic i, yeah. I can't imagine you know, I anyone saw a 730 listening show on opening night i didn't discover it late yeah <laughs> for most most people discovered it late <laughs> and uh and and um you know it's it's been released a couple of times now on um uh, dvd and a blu-ray and a 4k and in all kinds of special editions it has this real cult following and, and it has bowling so right and a great little interlude with, um, uh, my God, I almost said Kenny Loggins for the love of God. What's wrong with me? It's just because I'm old. <laughs> the, uh, the the that whole weird fantasy bowling mm-hmm. sequence. Oh my God! During oh. the Gulf yeah. post Gulf War, the Gulf yeah. War with Saddam Hussein, that whole surreal yeah. drug just trip. Dropped in to see what condition, yeah. Yeah. My, my condition was. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Yeah, Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Kenny yeah. Rogers. And that's that's an amazing sequence. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but. I can't imagine anyone listening to this has not seen this movie, but if you haven't, yeah, you, you should. Yeah. You should see it. You should see it. It's it's fantastic. Well, that's a great pick. What a great way to start us off on Monday. Yes. So that brings us to Tuesday. Now I'm wondering if Darren still has a movie to pick. Oh, I do. Because mm-hmm. I, I figured this would probably happen. Ah. See. Uh huh. Because I, I know Steve, <laughs> and I know that he's a bit of a spoiler himself. So. <laughs> My backup is from 1994. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it is also sort of a like a retro type film. Okay. It's a black comedy. Big, big surprise. Mm. It's the Hudsucker Proxy. Mm. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you know, for kids. You know. I really love it. Ah. Because it's... Uh, it's completely bonkers, and yet it's set in sort of this sort of uh, 1950s sort of era, but that it looks like the 40s. Yeah. Um, and Tim Robbins, who plays the, uh, the, the dolt who is put in charge of this uh, giant company, um, uh, plays it uh, extremely uh, kind of real, almost. He's he's a, a callow, sort of uh, uh, innocent, uh, who is in the midst of all this sort of uh, shenanigans going on, and uh, um, Paul Newman plays uh, the head of the company, um, and it's just it's so out of time. Yeah, and it's it's sort of it's written like uh, you know one of those. Uh, you know, fast-paced like Howard Hawks, uh, Howard Hawks and, and uh, you know, like the, the front page and the fast dialogue back and forth, and they're playing it like that. So it's almost a parody mm-hmm. of those films. Um, 
but uh, I really like it, and I love the look of it, and I like the actors, and it's 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 a wacky story, and it's uh, you know it's edited frenetically, um, but there are some also lovely sort of slow bits and sort of uh, lyrical parts of the film which I enjoy. Yeah, I really hate the Huck Tucker proxy. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, it, it, to me, it was kind of their north. Um, you know, where Rob Reiner had just made string after string after string of like brilliant movies, and then suddenly he does North, and it all fell apart. I kind of, you know, the Why? interesting thing about the Hudsucker Proxy is um, they had done movies for a price for a while. You know, they, 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 there was a threshold for how much they could earn out, and they hadn't spent a lot of money on a lot of their movies, some more than others. And they could not. This was a big movie because it was period, so they couldn't find the money. Finally, Joel Silver, at the height of his silverness. Yeah. Um, was able to get Warner Brothers to um, fund Hudsucker Proxy. Mm -hmm. So it was their most expensive movie by far at the time. And um, it came out and it did no business, yeah. which doesn't make it bad. Yeah. Um, I I just found it stiff and un I didn't like it. I you know it just it didn't connect for me at all. Um, I have now admittedly I have not watched it in many years. I think I've only seen it once. Um, so maybe if I went back and watched it now, I might like it more. But uh, I was just not a fan. You just of don't like Jennifer Jason Lee. No, I do. I love Jennifer. <laughs> I think Jennifer and Jason so Lee is great. <laughs> I think she's great. I, I I like Tim Robbins. You know, I mean, every aspect of the movie, and like, which is not to say it's not without its merits. I mean, we still, uh, we still quote the line, you know, for kids. Yeah. I mean, so. Uh, um, but I, I'm just I'm just not a fan of it. I just figure it was big and overbaked and. You know, sometimes it is, and and sometimes these 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 Jeff Bridges and the Big Lebowski the dream, is just baked. The dream, <laughs> these dream projects. You know, these filmmakers have these big dream projects, and they finally get them made. It's like, oh, we understand why you had such a hard time getting it made. Um, you know, Netflix would have made this today. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, I think you should take another look at it. I will. Yeah, I will. It's one that I want to revisit too. Mm -hmm. There's another one of their films that we may discuss later that I revisited recently, and I feel like I got a little more out of it for the first time in years. But I, the thing that really sticks with me about Hudsucker was the production design. It mm -hmm. was such a beautifully designed movie. Those sets were. Yeah. I mean, do we, do you know who did it? I mean, it's like Bo, I, I, wasn't Bo no, Welch, I was. think I think it was Dennis Gassner. Mm. I think it's huge, beautiful sets like you said that these sort of timeless yeah. 40s 40s ish you know 30s mm -hmm. art deco kind yeah. of sets. and it was released by warner archive on blu-ray yeah which is interesting because warner archives is their manufactured on demand arm mm -hmm. for the sort of their uh, you know sort of small right. niche titles and it's kind of surprising that hudsucker proxy didn't get a real blu-ray release right. you know um because you know to to be fair i'm i'm a sucker for you know these uh, You're a you know, sucker. these big business <laughs> big business movies right you know I I love I love the apartment yeah. I love uh, how to succeed in, in business yeah. without really trying like so rock this hunter. kind of yeah this uh, yeah will success spoil rock hunter and this fits in that yeah. oeuvre mm. uh, to me and yeah. I that's I think that's another reason that's that interesting like well, yeah, I can see that it's I as always I love like the the uh, the sort of the rhythm of the dialogue especially mm -hmm. as you were describing and um and I love the the look of it. I wouldn't say that it's my favorite, but because this show is all about the love. I love that you love it. Darren. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um I would have picked Big Lebowski. Lebowski. Yeah, <laughs> but I think but I think the truth is if you pull everyone here if we got to be Monday, come on. Yeah. Except for maybe you, you might pick something different on Monday. 
Uh, that's an interesting I thing. Like three other movies I could have. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but you did love, pick Lebowski, but you did, I did. and it's interesting. <laughs> you pick Lebowski. You pick Lebowski. I might have picked Lebowski yeah. if I was first. It's Lebowski <laughs> week on the 4.30 morning. Monday, the big Lebowski. You know, Tuesday, it, the big Lebowski. Wednesday. It feels Although, like it's, one that's like right down the middle now, you right. know, 22 years later. But, you know, back in the day. It's funny, though, yeah. because he's joke. he jokes. He said every day, Monday, big Lebowski, Tuesday, big Lebowski. When I first saw Big Lebowski, and I, like I said, I think it was on Laserdisc, I must have watched it. <laughs> Five times in the next month. Yeah, you know, I was watching it constantly, over and over again, because I loved the movie so much. I couldn't get enough of Big Lebowski. And, and I think that's that's why it once DVD. it was available on disc, mm-hmm. I was. Yeah, I think I did the same thing. I probably watched it two or three times in a week, yeah. because every time you watch it. I'm still discovering little things. Yeah, and all these yeah. years later, you it's know, very watching dense. on a Blu-ray, it's so dense. There's some little turn of phrase yeah. or some some visual or something. Yeah. Great movie. Okay. And and Hotek proxy. <laughs> <laughs> so Ash Wednesday. When, Ash, Ash Wednesday. We come to Ash Wednesday. Uh so uh the, the Big Lebowski is is my favorite. No, it's not. It's my second favorite. I already picked my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Uh, last season, and since I picked it, I'm not going to pick it what was again. That? It was No, no Country, Country for Old Men. Oh right? yeah, yeah. yeah. I just so love up one side and down the other. It could have been a great pick for, for Oscar Book week, week, right? For, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Great movie. It's truly, truly. No terrific. men for Old Country. No men and for that's Old Country. One, like you know, for these guys that are so best known for these black comedies or these weird movies, No Country for Old mm-hmm. Men was such an amazing thriller and it was, so unexpected. Yeah. Absolutely, and I love it. That's one of my top three of their movies. It's a perfect marriage between them and uh, and Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. Just something that just mm-hmm. that that alchemy was amazing. And it's a fairly um uh you know it's, it's a it's a fairly faithful adaptation. We um, should consider it for Friday. You know? Sure. Because I know you don't want to pick it because you picked it before, but it's definitely if we're gonna do a complete Cone Brothers week, it might be something to revisit. Sure. Yeah I just I felt the need that I should just sort of bow in its general Direction out of uh, out of respect for my my affection for it. Sure, um, but I am going to pick uh, their 2010 follow up because I love westerns and mm. I have great affection mm. for this movie. I have great affection for Jeff Bridges mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, it's the movie that uh, that was kind of the debut for uh, for Haley Steinfeld, who I thought was quite a terrific mm-hmm. young mm-hmm. actress in that movie. Um, True Grit, mm-hmm. a remake mm-hmm. of the uh, John Wayne film from right. 1969. Uh, which was based on a 1968 novel. And the premise is very simple. Uh, young girl's father is murdered. She goes and she hires a, uh, a, a lawman who's a bit of, okay, a lot of an alcoholic um, to hunt down the man who killed her father and basically kill him, right? It's, so it's a revenge movie, sort of the revenge by proxy movie. And the relationship between Haley Steinfeld and uh, and Jeff Bridges as a Rooster Cogburn. It's the gunslinger proxy. It, yeah, the gunslinger <laughs> proxy. Yeah, it's, it's, they have such a great relationship. Um, he is so awesome. My only quibble with his performance is that he kept doing it in other movies. Right. Mm. Right. He just sort of like, is it Rooster Cogburn in this film or is it <laughs> Jeff Bridges now? But uh, but look, Jeff Bridges, hallowed be thy name. Um, no, I, I love this film. I love the action in it. I love the dialogue. Um, I I love you know all the characters interactions and it's beautifully made. It's oh. like it has such scope. It just it you feel like you're watching like a John Ford western, mm-hmm. um, and it has it has the courage to really embrace something just deeply 
emotional in its conclusion, you know, where the stakes really do become life or death, you know, and it is really about what the, the title implies, everybody in the movie finding their true grit. Um, and it just it, it it moves me even just to to think about it just to just to talk about it. Mm. Uh, I think it was nominated for something ridiculous like ten Academy Awards, which it won none of. But mm. that's okay. I mean, when you get nominated for ten, you're clearly doing something. Yeah. Um, and uh, or yeah. you're Gandhi. Or you're Gandhi, uh. right? Um, but no, it's 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 truly great. It's it's interesting because the you know the Cones do some really. They made an interesting choice, for example, with uh, with Haley Steinfeld, where the the accent that she brings to it, mm-hmm. right? This is where it gets weird, right? Because she's playing the Kim Darby role, right? But she's kind of doing a young Catherine Hepburn imitation, right? yes, right? <laughs> she's kind, of, and what's really weird about that? These are the things one learns when it's one the like Mid Atlantic, yeah, kind it's of thing, the yeah. Mid Atlantic thing, which weirdly enough would not have existed at the time, right? Isn't that strange? Ish. Right? It's a lot of fry. It's a lot of hitting the T's like they stole something. It sounds so great, though. Yeah. It works so perfect. It's like, and I think the reason why it works so well is it's this little girl, and it sounds like she is his mother. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the relationship yep. just sing. Suddenly, she becomes his mother, not just a little but girl. But I really would have liked to have seen Haley Steinfeld play Miri. Right. <laughs> well, she still can. She still can. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Tarantino, knows Miri. <laughs> you know what? Um, yeah. He did say, you know, I, I think there are a lot of episodes that would make great movies, you know. So <laughs> that's not one of them, though. No, it's really not. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great pick. It's funny. I, I, I wasn't really on my radar for this week, and I forgot how much I like that movie, yeah. how good that movie is. Um, you know, it's um, as again for a movie that got ten Academy Award nominations that is polished and is good. It's not a movie people talk about. I know. I was just going to say it's one that's kind of faded from the consciousness, but it's really good. And yeah. I remember, you know, really loving it when I saw it. I mm-hmm. had not seen the John Wayne version, and then later I did watch the John Wayne version, and mm-hmm. I think their version is much richer and more interesting yeah, sure. than, the, than, the, than the John Wayne version. For yeah, sure. the John Wayne version is. Kind of TV movie-ish. Yeah. 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 As but that's how it is. Well, he wasn't playing a role. He was playing the, an icon. Yeah. The yeah. location photography in it's True Grit is fantastic. Yeah. It's so gorgeous. I miss Westerns. God, yeah. me too. I really I really do. Um, <laughs> oh, me, Thursday. Week. Thursday. Wow, Thursday's tough for me because um, uh, the movie that I really want to pick, it's I'm Same Dilemma as you, I picked on Gangster Week. You know, oh, my Miller's favorite Coen Brothers right. movie is Miller's Crossing. I love Miller's yeah. Crossing. I don't think I'm going to pick it only because I picked it already for Gangster Week. And it was first season, so technically I could pick it again. I almost feel like I should because it's another movie that I don't think gets its due. Um, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant gangster uh, noir a film with just an incredible cast um, and twists and turns and uh, beautifully shot by um, Barry Sonnefeld. But again, if you haven't seen it, I would strongly recommend you see Miller's Crossing. Um, It's truly, there are a couple of movies that just obsessed me where I just watched them over and over again. And I saw Miller's Crossing in a theater in New York and I just fell in love. And then when it came out on home video, I don't know how many times I've watched that movie. I don't even know what it is I love about that movie so much. (laughs) I just love that movie. Um, But so I'm going to pick instead a movie I don't love as much, but I think is just as uh, representative of the 
oeuvre of the Coen brothers, which I think has particular resonance for all of us who work in Hollywood, which is, of course, Barton Fink. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that many people have compared me to uh, John Turturro in (laughs) Barton Fink, um, I'm still going to pick it. Um, And uh, because I've got that Barton Fink feeling. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I don't. There are things about the movie I don't love, but what I do love is Michael Lerner in that movie yeah. as the studio exec, yeah. and it so captures the experience. You know, you're riding high. It's a New York playwright who's brought out to Hollywood to um, write movies, and at first he's welcomed with open arms and treated like gold, and right. and and by the end, you know, it's he's like he's a screenwriter. Yeah, he's a screenwriter, <laughs> and it's on to the next. Uh, you know, he's like Clifford Odets or something, right. and and it's, it's it's totally co-opted by Hollywood. And this guy who has this New York attitude, he's never going to go Hollywood. He completely goes Hollywood, and that's what Hollywood sort of has. Uh, no longer has any use for him, right. and then he slowly goes crazy, and and uh, um, uh, but uh, and then it gets really weird. And then it gets really then weird. It gets weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, not a, not a perfect movie. So not he's my... rewriting a wrestling picture. <laughs> wrestling. For picture. Wallace Beery. Yeah. And, um, but it's, again, a beautifully shot. There's a a kid. Uh, John Goodman. Fantastic again. Um, So much about the movie that I love. And um, whatever its failings, uh, and, and and it really does capture that that uh, Hollywood era where playwrights were all coming out here for the easy money. Mm-hmm. Hey, any dope can write movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm and... living proof. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my pick for Thursday it, would be, uh, that was going to be my number three. That was, yeah, that, was the, that was the one I just revisited like three weeks ago. Mm. I, I How got was the it? Blu-ray of it. It holds up great. Yeah. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it when it came out. So that's why I feel like I got more out of it watching mm. it years later for the for the first time in several years and it's i mean again it looks again for the first time (laughs) it looks great and john goodman is hilariously sort of weird and and unsettling (laughs) and and friendly but scary yeah. at the same time he's great he's the devil I came very <laughs> yeah. yeah I came very close to picking another Hollywood film of theirs which is Hail Caesar which is more right. recent which I also really liked and did no business yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I thought was there's a lot of wonderful things about it including Alden, Alden Emmerich who played yeah. young Han Solo right. who's terrific in that yeah. um, and the, the, his scenes with Ray Fiennes as this really rarefied elegant director and then you have this southern cowpoke who's done a bunch of you know uh kind of low rent westerns who's now suddenly a star and doing this high-end you know parlor dramas it's great and it's laugh out loud funny george clooney is his total dunce it's another great george clooney performance for those guys play in the movie (laughs) i mean he you know i mean he really i think changed the way people saw him with no um with um, uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou mm-hmm. but I think he's even better in Hail Caesar but people just and Josh Brolin is great mm-hmm. at, um, in, in um, you know which is, is it's loosely inspired based on the real um, they use the name of uh, Eddie Mannix Eddie Mannix was a fixer uh, for um, MGM mm-hmm. uh, was it MGM? yeah it was MGM and uh, uh you know, even the whole thing with Scarlett Johansson. I think people see like all these huge actors and they expect them to have this big role. Right. And, you know, they're sort of glorified cameos in a way. And so I, I, I think it's plus inside Hollywood stories, I think, don't appeal to a lot of a right. lot of uh, people. So uh, but boy, I mean, I'm just so obsessed with that era of Hollywood that 
you know, I just loved it. And you know who's really good? Channing Tatum is really yeah. good. Then. Hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Hail Caesar, but Barton Finkel have to do Bart, I just whenever I think of Barton Fink I think of that Simpsons joke when Bart and his friends are think they're getting away with something going to the movies and they're so excited to go see Barton Fink Barton <laughs> Fink I just imagine these 10 year olds watching that movie that's funny so let's <laughs> let, let's talk about Friday because there are a bunch of other oh, Coen Brothers movies there's a bunch so uh, many Fargo Fargo I have talked death. about yeah it's probably I don't know. It goes between Lebowski and Fargo. It's my two favorite Coen mm. Brothers movies. Fargo's their most popular movie. It's made. Yeah. It's the ones that made them as close to a household name as they'll ever be. Right. One best picture, I believe. Roger Deakins, uh, oh, the cinematography man. is luminous, glorious, <laughs> amazing. Those bleak uh, snowscapes are just fabulous where like the snow just melts into that white blown mm-hmm. out sky mm-hmm. and there's no horizon it's amazing. It's so. It's one of the best looking movies of the '90s, easily. Mm-hmm. And what a cast, you know. Desperate, desperate Macy. Yeah, William H. Macy. Oh my god. Oh, he's so. Oh, he's something just, about like that when he's finally sort of hauled away at the end. That it's just like it's what? almost disturbing, Spoiler. you know. Yeah. Well, you got to get that true coat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you know, and it's uh, so loving, even as yeah. it's parodying sort of the Midwest. It's it's also a very loving. Um, well, Margie and her, uh, God, what's what's the actress's name? I'm totally blanking. Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand, right. and uh, and uh, what's the name? Who who is in Zodiac? <laughs> that plays her husband, the painter of the the right. stamps. It's such a great relationship that that mm. husband and wife relationship. It's so sweet. The right. scene where she meets her friend from school oh, that's yeah. just so oh, yeah. like awkward oh, yeah, and just yeah, yeah. she's so well, I always you're such a super lady Margie <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's difficult to watch and at the same time it's yeah. awesome yeah yeah it's it's a it's a hard movie to beat for Friday uh, I'll, I'll try um you know certainly their first movie is so significant blood simple mm-hmm. it's straight up neo noir it's brilliantly shot uh, great performances by Dan Hedaya um, and M. Emmett Walsh, who right. is a cr- incredible uh, in the movie. It has that tour de force ending, uh, the same ending as Near Dark, you know, where the, mm. the gunshots and the streams of light pouring into oh. the gunshots. Yeah. And um, it's a really terrific film. Criterion recently did a, a beautiful um, Criterion edition of the movie. Um, and uh, It's good that they did the Criterion edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, do they do they ever do commentary tracks? They do not. Yeah, I didn't think they so. are a part of the um, Spielberg school. Yeah, uh, don't talk about your work. Let yeah. the work speak for itself. Which you know, as much as we all love commentary tracks, yeah. there's something to be said for that argument, right? Yeah. Um, but they do sit down for promotional interviews and featurettes. They are in featurettes on this. Um, a dark horse for this slot, I would say, is a movie I like. Not many people like the black and white movie, The Man Who Wasn't There. Mm. Um, I like that. I, I like. There's a lot I like about that. It was actually a lot of people don't realize shot in color and desaturated the black and white wow. because so they could release it overseas right. in color. Oh wow! Um, because they figured it would do no business. Uh, a black and white movie released overseas. So I think it was released in, in color in certain territories. It turned out it to be the no audience business. that wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. Was, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Is that Billy Bob, Billy Bob Thornton? Billy Bob Thornton, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think uh, I, I, I quite like it quite a bit. Um, obviously, I'm alone on this. Um, <laughs> 
tell you what else I really like. I don't know if any of you uh, do, I, which probably their most underrated, underappreciated, and underseen movie, A Simple Man. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. That's one that kind of, I can't say I loved it, but it kind of stuck with me. There's something about it that's, that's sticky. I love it, but it, it's a tough, it's a tough watch yeah. if you're not feeling it. And Fred Malamud as the, uh, the, 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 you know, love interest of, uh, you know, his wife leaves him for, um, uh, you know, Stilberg's wife leaves him for, is great. I think he got nominated for an Oscar for best supporting actor. Um, I really, I really like that movie. I haven't watched it in a while. That's the one that I've been wanting to revisit. The most. I've only seen it once. There are several of these that I've only seen once, but that's the one I really wanted, have been wanting to watch again that yeah. I haven't. Now, I love Raising Arizona. Was, yeah. It was yeah. my first Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. And it is just, it's just right? really funny. Yeah, I just decided to hurt myself. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Steve. Well, all that, how Raising Arizona of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah the, just the, the absurd the absurdity of the plot and mm-hmm. the characters. And just, again, a great cast led by Holly Hunter, who yeah. is just great in everything, and Nicolas Cage and John Goodman. Who's not again. great in everything. No, but, but he's great, he's great in he's, Arizona. He's definitely Nick yeah. Cage in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. That much is true. And it's just got that that absurd humor running throughout yeah. it that I just yeah. love. Yeah, I love it. And it's so smart, so smartly put together, constructed. Turn to the right. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Well, very look, quotable. Um, Son, you got a panty on your head. We should probably uh, pick a uh, film for. Uh... Well, there's a couple more to consider. Oh, okay. Inside Lou and Davis. Oh yeah, I always enjoyed absolutely. that with Oscar Isaac. I saw that at, at Telluride actually. Great and, performance uh, by Cat. Yeah. Not yes. since Breakfast at Tiffany's <laughs> has there been a, a cat as lovable as uh, Desmond Llewellyn's cat. And I gotta say, I think you kind of touched on it briefly. I really like Burned After Burn After Reading. Mm-hmm. There was something about the, the humor in that that just really tickled me. It's so, I don't know. I enjoyed that one a lot. Good cast. Yeah, I don't know if I'd pick it for Friday, but I really yeah, right. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, Intolerable cruelty has its moments. Mm-hmm. But not enough of them. I, I've I've never seen that. And really? The, and the Lady Killers, of course. Lady Killers. Lady Killers. Mm. Oh, brother, where art thou? We mentioned briefly. Right. The Soggy Bottom Boys. I enjoyed that. It's and fun. And the Ballad of Buster Buster Scrubs, which, I seen. which uh, is definitely worth seeing. Made okay. for Netflix. Yeah, yeah kind of a, an anthology, right. and uh, maybe a couple segments stronger than others, but overall, I think very entertaining. They made with Tim Nelson. Tim Nelson, who had been in. Uh, worked with them for the first time on uh, Oh Brother, Where oh, Art Thou, yeah. who's the third uh, right. third member of that uh, chain gang. Right. Um, so. Tough choices for Friday. I mean, you know. I think, it, I think we probably should go with Fargo. I kind of feel that way, too. Yeah. You know, the only other argument I would make is Blood Simple, because that's where they got their start. But I think it got to be Fargo. And we've already done No Country for Old Men. Right. So yeah. I kind of feel like you know Fargo would yeah. be the way to go with the Friday. Yep. What do you think Steve? I mean, I can't argue with that. That I love I it, you know, I love absolutely love Fargo and you know, it's got another great Carter Burwell score. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um you know, it spawned a television series that is not it's kind of an oblique tie-in to the movie. Have you guys seen any of the? the I watched the first season. Yeah. I like quite a bit. The second, second season s- less so, and I have not seen the third season. Oh, Fargo. It, so it's good. I I actually I love the first season. This second season to me was just revelatory. Uh, but third season was 
you don't have to watch it. Mm, that's what I've heard. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I but like it just it just oh, doesn't have. Oh, the second have... season actually. Now I'm thinking about it because that's the one that had uh, Bo Keen Woodbine yeah. and everything. That's the UFO Ed. We gotta go. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty, the second season is pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. And I guess the the fourth season is coming pretty soon yeah. with like Chris Rock. I think deals with the Kansas City mob and all <laughs> yeah. that and looks interesting. Cool. But yeah, the first season I loved Billy Bob and uh, yeah, it's it's terrific. But the movie stands alone, I think, is one of their best, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but it's an impressive feat that Noah Hawley was able to take the Coen Brothers sensibility and make a TV series that fits comfortably yeah. within yeah. that world. Um, it's not an easy task. Yeah. Um, and, and he did a really, he made it look really effortless. So, um, you That's know. one of those when you think, like, they're making a series out of Fargo? Fargo? Yeah. What the yeah. hell is that, that? going to be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that the Cone brothers allowed it, but yeah. they obviously really trusted him based on what he pitched them. And, uh, you know. And the way the seasons connect together, they take place in different decades, in different geographical yeah. locations, but there's always these subtle connections yeah. between them that are really Oh, yeah. Because, what's his name? Donovan from uh, Burn, Burn, uh, Burn yeah. Notice was so great in that, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Second season was good. Yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Don't listen <laughs> to me. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. So are we decided yeah. for Friday? I think, I think Fargo. So. I think right. we are decided. So uh, Monday. Monday is the the big Lebowski. Tuesday. The Hudsucker Proxy. Wednesday. True Grit. And Thursday. I wanted to say Miller's Crossing. I didn't <laughs> say Miller's Crossing. I'd say you know. Don't watch Hudsucker, watch Miller's Crossing. But See, no. You have that Barton Fink feeling. I got that bar but I got that Barton Fink feeling. I would say watch Barton Fink Thursday. I don't disparage anyone else's choices. I'm That's not disparaging right. it. I'm just I, saying. You kind of are. I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying you know what? I, I got to watch it again. I got to watch it again. You know what? I'm going to watch it on Why Tuesday. Why don't you watch it again? I'm going to give it another watch chance. Watch it on Tuesday. Except on Tuesdays. I'm going to give it another chance. Because you know what? If you liked it, then maybe it's good. Maybe I'm wrong about Thanks. it. Thanks. So I'm going to check it out on Tuesday <laughs> on the 430 movie. And Friday, Fargo. And Friday, Fargo. So that's a hell of a week. It yeah. is. It's a great week. And, of course, so many movies that these guys have worked on as writers and, you know, PAs on uh, Evil Dead with Zane, oh, right? Right. Yes. So um, it's just I love watching their career trajectory because, you know, they started making low budget, you know, 60 mil crime wave didn't even get released by New Line, I think, or barely got a token release, you know, doing sort of. And then they end up doing something. And, and that, that wouldn't happen today. Like Blood Simple, it just came out in the theaters from a company called Circle Releasing and it just you know the film critics made that it was people like Vincent Camby who made that movie and then it became this sensation and then that led to Miller's Crossing and it led to you know all these movies um, you know and Barton Fink and it, it, it's it's extraordinary and that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore or it's not going to happen in this new world we live in yeah. which goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the theatrical experience versus the at-home experience something like blood simple would if it got made would just maybe play the festival circuit and then show up on a streaming on service yeah. yeah and maybe you'd see it maybe not absolutely but it wouldn't it wouldn't make a directorial career yeah. right you know and um, and it wouldn't get slowly discovered because it was also a platform release Mm. And um, and you know, given the subject matter too, that's not the kind of thing that gets those indie releases anymore. Sort of a smart mm. neo noir, because that was the era of like one false move, which mm. you've talked about before, and after dark, my sweet, and um, uh, you know, a lot of these smaller noir films that 
you know, came out and got a lot of attention. And um, that would never happen now. It's a different world. So watch all these films. All of them. Will you? (laughs) Nah. <laughs> do it anyway another this is great we got to talk about the Cone Brothers C-O-E-N um, yes. and uh, Joel and Ethan Cohn uh, and uh, be interested to see what they do in the future these yeah. are two active filmmakers who still have quite a career ahead of them so you know I think in, in 10 years when we come back and look at the <laughs> the, 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 the the next decade of Cone Brothers movies there should be some really I interesting things I think it'll say a lot about how the industry is yeah it will yeah yeah well, I mean, it says a lot the fact that their last movie was for Netflix. Not that there's That's anything I mean. wrong with doing anything for Netflix. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Netflix is like the Medici's. I mean, they're just like, <laughs> by giving out this money the to patrons. people, they're the patron right. of the arts. But, it, you know, it, I it, love it's... Netflix. I love everything about them. Yes. <laughs> I believe they good. are great patrons. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for the 430 movie. If you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts, like Inglorious Trexperts, the only podcast for Star Trek fans with life every Saturday, uh, Best Movies Never Made, every other Monday, The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast every Tuesday, and on Thursday, Two on Who, a Doctor Who podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, the 430 movie, please rate us five stars here on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, you can watch us on the Electric Now channel, available on the Zumo distro and um, stir tv apps or on the electric now app where you'll be able to watch episodes of 430 movie on demand if it's not available in your local app store yet it will be out soon and also a very special thanks to bill ritter bill ritter what's your Cone brothers pick i think you talked about all of them i'd say ballad of buster scruggs nice. all right nice did you work on that one no it's too recent for me i've been I've been doing too many podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And, and and John, what about you, John? Uh, Inside Lewin Davis. Ah, uh, yeah, because we saw the big excitement on you when we mentioned uh, Inside Lewin. <laughs> what a great, it was a really great movie. And another great Criterion edition yeah. by Criterion. Right. Yeah. Criterion, Criterion. And, uh, <laughs> and, Even though you called him Desmond Llewellyn. Who is Q? Absolutely no watched that movie. Oh my god! <laughs> he did. That is all. <laughs> <laughs> he got Bond brain. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I like to see now the Cone, the Cone Brothers make a Desmond Llewellyn movie. And if you want to find out more about Desmond Llewellyn, <laughs> check out Mark's new book. Nobody does it better. Available. <laughs> That's really funny. He's interviewed for that book. I talked to him before he died. You know. I so. hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I had a Ouija board. Um, he probably would have said this. Zero, seven. And Who is this? You. you know, this Aston Martin really ties the room together. Oh, oh yes. Man. Okay, and then uh, and then uh, we also got who else? We got back there. We got uh, post production coordinator Dylan. What's your what's your vote for the Cone Brothers? Um, I like Burn After Eating. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. wow. Making a comeback between Steve and you. We got some fan, Burn After Reading fans. So that's interesting. That's another movie that did no business when it came out and yet is being discovered or rediscovered now. So uh, that's fantastic. And finally, uh, production associate uh, Mr. Uh, Peter Holmstrom. You're on, the, you're on the spot. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Bridge of Spies. British Spies, oh, good yeah. choice, good go. choice. We picked that for uh, Spielberg week, but it making a uh, returning appearance uh, here. I love British Spies. You can never go wrong with British Spies. Um, of Madison County. And I would... <laughs> and I would... And, and we want to know what you think, uh, so you can let us know what your Cone Brothers picks are at Electric Surge on Facebook 
or at 430 Movie Podcast on Twitter. Uh, and until next week, uh, no, it won't be a next week. Uh, I don't oh, know. That's there might, right. No, there might be a next week. There'll always be another tomorrow. What is that song? There's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. Anyway, on that <laughs> don't note. Don't stop thinking about Don't tomorrow. stop believing. Don't trust them. Don't believe. Let well, them now I'm just going to die. Okay. Until next week or whenever the 430 movie returns, Eyewitness Movie. What? <laughs> wow. What? Okay. You're, you're listening to the. Until next week or <laughs> whenever the 430 movie returns, keep. Good night. Reaching, reaching for the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your feet on the ground. Good no, night no and flipping. good luck. Thank you for listening to the 430 movie. It's been a real pleasure being with you here today. <laughs> Courage. All right, let's wrap it up. Until next week, uh, I Wouldn't Do starts now. This episode is brought to you by the Soylent Corporation. Your taste buds will riot over the great tastes of Soylent Green, the only Soylent made by people, for people, of people. This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.